Welcome to the Hottest Wellness Podcast. I've got time with Sherry and Shakayla. Here we discuss personal growth, relationships, and healing to become aligned with the best version of ourselves. Hello, 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 hello. You know what I'm saying? Are you referring to the Eric Badu song? Yeah. It's important to me. You know, that song that she's referencing is the song that plays throughout that 70s show. Mm-mm. It's amazing. The first time I heard it. What you mean throughout the show? Throughout the entire that 70s show. The song that she's singing at the end when she's like, it's important to me. That you know you are free. That's an actual song. Oh. And it's on that 70s show? Mm-hmm. The theme song? Not the theme song. It plays in the background throughout the show. Oh, I don't think I ever episodes. paid attention to the background music. That's interesting. Yeah. Look at you coming in with the fun facts. Shout out to my Eric Badu. Heck yeah. I'm pulling back on my shout outs for the next season, but <laughs> this is actually a person I can shout out confidently. So. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's getting hard out here. Did you ever want to buy her candles? Uh, what, the incense? The smell like her panties or something crazy like that? Yeah, it's supposed to smell Or vagina like incense? No, yeah. I didn't want to buy those. I kind of want to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my cousins had bought some, and she said they smelled good. They didn't smell like pussy, though, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean... She said she got that magic. And she's about to come out with um, her own weed in collaboration with a weed brand, so that's dope. I saw that. I think they already started um, advertising for it. Oh, yeah, that's cool. We might pull up on that for Forest Bias when we just, you know, once we get the details. Yeah. What's up, though? You know, um, it's, been, it's been a doozy this, work, this week at work. Well, pretty much, pretty much since I started this job, I'm gonna be honest with you. Dang. You know, it's like a lot of stuff I'm not trying not to put on the podcast because you never know who's listening. Mm-hmm. And people do be listening, by the way. You think people don't be listening to your stuff? <laughs> they be listening, trying to figure out who are you, who is this person, they and you'll never know. Yeah. So, um, but I really want to talk about this because. Per usual, I was triggered, man. And, like, my triggers don't be as dramatic as they used to be, like, you know. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have not been at peace at all since I came upon this information. And it blew the fuck out of me. How much can you share? I'm not going to share um, any specific details. I'm just going to talk about in general. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, I really wanted to talk about how racism plays a part in, like, your success. Mm -hmm. Or, I guess, the opposite of you being successful. And, like, how easy it is for white people to just get into high-paying positions and stuff like that. And not have any qualifications and stuff. Like. Somebody like me who has, who's really educated, like, 
I've been to cosmetology school. I've been aesthetic school. I've been to college. Mm-hmm. I ain't finished that yet, but girl. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I'm always constantly learning new things and getting qualifications. I probably could do, like, 15 jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I do a lot of stuff that's not just me being an esthetician. And so I find myself a lot working with people where I feel like, they're not as skilled as me, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's even more frustrating when you know that people are making way more money than you and you know they unqualified for that position. Yeah. Like, have you ever had that happen to you or like, do you feel some type of way about that? Yes. My, one of my previous jobs The supervisor was, I honestly am not sure where she came from, but it was very obvious that she was not equipped for the position. She couldn't handle the stress of the position. She couldn't handle the task, the responsibilities, Mm -hmm. and it seemed like she was always behind or always so frustrated, like seeing, saw her cry multiple times on the job. And it's like, you know, you can quit, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. And there were people in the same department that definitely could have been better at the job. Mm -hmm deal with people better, actually respected. Yeah. There were just other people that could have done that job way better who were qualified, been actually at the company longer. Yeah. It's just frustrating to actually be seeing it. Not like I haven't had experiences like that before, but Obviously, this is the most qualified I've ever been, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so I just feel frustrated by that. But I also feel like, you know, everything always happened for a reason and that we're always exactly where we're supposed to be and should be taking advantage of the opportunity to learn from whatever situation it is. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm doing, y'all. But, um. You don't make it right. Yeah. And for my sister like me, like to be self-employed because I ain't got time for the politics. Gotta work for yourself. Yeah. You want to get into the affirmation of the week? Affirmation? Oh, shit. We ain't doing affirmation this week. <laughs> I'll just be on a, um, you know, like, on autopilot? A little bit. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> Is it? What you grateful for? Okay. Yeah, so this week we're doing gratitude. Because <laughs> um, it's time to check in. Yeah. Um, This week I'm grateful for divine timing. Divine timing? Mm-hmm. Tell me more, tell me more. 
Um, divine timing is just, it's that sense of everything happening for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. everything happening when it's supposed to really, it's like God's timing. But, you know, if you're not like a God fan, yeah, then you could just say like divine timing because that's just like the energy of the universe, you know, yeah. it's like everything happens when you're ready for it to happen. Not necessarily when you want it to happen or even when you need it to happen. And so I'm grateful for that because sometimes divine timing really be stepping up and showing out in my life or whatever, like least expected. And even moments where I'm like not feeling the vibe, eventually the situation unfold exactly in my best interest, like better than I could ask for. So shout out to divine timing. Yeah. What about you? What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for connection. Mm. Like real connection. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That kind of threw me off. I started going to places in my mind. (laughs) <laughs> More specifically, our connection, because mm-hmm. the fun times really been just fun timing, you know. Really, to me, <laughs> I'm not saying it happened. I'm just like, I feel like we've been so kind of busy, mm-hmm. so you're obviously being more present than I am. Because I just be like, here with me. Counting down, you know. I feel you. I get it. But, yeah. I feel exhausted. Mentally and emotionally and physically, too. <laughs> I feel you. It be like that. But let's pump it up. Pump, pump, pump it up. That's the wrong reference. Wrong show. Okay? Yikes. Now, this week, what are we discussing for the main topic? This week, we're talking about changes. Changes. Yeah. (laughs) Every time I think of the word changes, I think about, of course, a long time ago when I was younger, there was this gospel group that came through my church one time. They were called Forte. (laughs) And they had this song called Changes Okay You ready? (laughs) You ready? (laughs) I only know this one part Okay Seasons bring on different changes Changes That's all I know Oh when I hear changes, I already told you this the other day, but... You think about Tupac? Yeah. That's just the way <laughs> it is. Things will never be the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a hit. Yeah. An undeniable hit. I feel like those kind of have separate messages, but that's yeah. cool, you know? Like... The Tupac song is saying to be present in the moment, you mm-hmm. know? 
because you always change it so you just better enjoy who you are right now what you got right now yeah but like the song you singing is basically just saying like it's every reason for every season type of thing yeah everything happens in order yeah in that order (laughs) (laughs) oh my god the funniest stuff be going viral i think about that all the time like the most random stuff be going viral. Would you ever do anything like just to try to go viral? Hell no. Nah. <laughs> what if you go viral for the wrong thing, man? You'll be known as that for the rest of your life. I'm trying yeah. to think which YouTube channel will do this, but they'll be like, I used to, I became a meme or like, and then it'll show like the meme and the real person now. It's kind of funny because they like tell the story of how they became a meme. Mm-hmm. I had watched one episode and it was that dude uh, from the meme where he'd be like, why are you fucking lying? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And he's standing outside with a toilet mm-hmm. and he like explained the video and everything. And it's that like... That was crazy. I remember seeing that on Tumblr. Yeah. Or like, would you want to become period I, period ooh girl? Like, she's always going to be her even when she's done cosplaying black. Well, I'm sure she got some deals out of that. I doubt it. I doubt she really got a deal. Um, I mean, it's all kinds, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I definitely would not. Mm-mm. If I go viral, which we have, by the way, mm-hmm. just to let y'all know, um, shout out to y'all for blowing up our video. We like at thirty five k right now. That's like That's super crazy. exciting on one video now. Sure, other content some love. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? If you like that, go ahead, like, and subscribe, <laughs> you know. Like the video, subscribe, subscribe on all your podcast platforms, subscribe on social media. All the links are in the description. Yeah, facts. Show us some love so we can keep showing you love. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all hear me? I need to do this full time. No. (laughs) (laughs) You need it so bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's offensive. (laughs) My bad. Chad, take that out. Uh, Chad has no control here. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I just was agreeing with what you said Like before we kind of got sidetracked Like yeah Connection yeah. Stay connected That's another gospel song To God <laughs> We not gonna make this a gospel episode So let's just not even We had the hits baby Who's we We had the I've hits I've never been invited to be in a choir So I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't in the choir. So who's we? What you talking about? Whose song is that? Connector. We. I want to say that's on. That's that Donny McClurkin album. When he's in London. They sound. He sound like he on Gullah Gullah Island. Sick. Wow. Why First would of all, he be appropriating the accent? That's not Donny. That's not him doing that. That's somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem, too, with non-secular music. Because they always got this one person in front taking all the credit. And here's God's people back here. Doing all the oohs and ahs. Making the real bars First of all, count. they signed up for that. Girl, I don't care. Either way, I wouldn't have to say, why is Donnie McClurkin faking an accent if it wasn't his name on the song? 
No, and then you got some random Jamaican guy like that's, busting in and saying stuff like bye. That's just because you don't know the song. It's obviously not Donnie McClurkin. Put it on a Jamaican accent. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Come on. Everybody's doing it now. <laughs> Uh, this, you know, this, first uh, Chad Hanks, now uh, Drake. I be Drake been doing it. Nobody's just been saying anything. Anyways, well, we don't want to get too much on topic. <laughs> um. So yeah, what what is your perception of change? My perception perception. Of change. She almost faked the Jamaican accent right now. You know what? <laughs> I would never. English accents only. <laughs> um, change is inevitable and it's not always a bad thing. Mm. I like that. From my experience... It's never truly a bad thing. You just have to adjust. Yeah. And be willing to actually move forward. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people be feeling stuck. And they're like, why do I feel stuck? And it's like, because you're not transitioning through life as you need to. Like, stuff in your life is changing, but you're staying the same. And, like, you know what they say? You can't do the same thing and keep thinking you're going to get different results. That's, like, the definition of insanity. Is that really the definition of insanity? I've always wondered that when people say that. Let's find out right now. (laughs) It's probably, like, to be insane, though. Yeah. I feel like it has to be, like... Oxford Dictionary says the state of being seriously mentally ill, extreme foolishness, or irrationality. Well, I feel like that do still say that, though, because yeah. it's extremely foolish to keep doing the same thing and thinking you're going to get different results. Like, Yeah. I want to quote the therapist from that show we started watching last night. And she was like, you're either stuck or you're refusing to move. Yeah, that was actually so deep, mm-hmm. and I couldn't even process it all because then I would didn't want to start thinking what I'm doing. Oh, but that's super good because if you do ever feel like such challenges in life where it's limiting you physically, it's like, but are you really stuck, or are you the reason that you feel stuck? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So many song references. Stacey Rico stuck. Mm, that was a good song. She had a good voice. What happened to that girl? <laughs> 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 Sorry for that uh, lame bird call. <laughs> that was a good album, though. Yeah. Leave a comment if you listen to that Stacey Rico album. Mm-hmm. Let's right, be actually, friends. I'm going to play that after this. Um, how do I feel about change? I feel like change can be so easy. It can be fluid. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I feel like change can be super difficult if 
you're not ready to let go of like who you are in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who you think you are. I do agree with you. Change is inevitable. You can't stop it from happening. And if you do nothing, it will keep happening still. Like, I've had a lot of situations where I just decided I was going to do nothing and just wait to see how it played out. And it's going to play, baby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of times it might not be what the solution that you would have had in mind or when you had the control to maybe alter it. Mm-hmm. Because that's another thing. It's change. We act like it's just like happening to us, but we're like creating the change at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we kind of wanted to talk about like different changes that we might kind of go through in life. Um, the first one being family dynamics. So, so you start off and you're young, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Doing what all the adults tell you to do. Hopefully nothing harmful, but as you get older, you realize a lot of those good things turned out to be harmful. And then you start looking at them different. And then your dynamic changes. Because it's like, you know what? You had me fucked up. I was being abused the whole time. Yeah, it's interesting that that's where you went with that because I was, like, literally thinking something else. Like, I was thinking about, like, how your family changes, like, when more people get added into your family. Or, Mm. like, I even was just thinking about, like, your family dynamic changing in divorce, too. Mm -hmm. Like, our family dynamic has changed a lot. Your family dynamic has changed when you join my family. Now you got, like, another family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like Max and Eva, their family dynamic has changed because Eva used to be the baby and now she's the middle child. And that's what I was thinking about family dynamics changing. Yikes. I don't know who I would be if I was the middle child. Me? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only thing that's keeping us from being the same person. <laughs> That's crazy. It's starting to add up now. (laughs) (laughs) There's this book, and I wish I knew what it was offhand, but it, like, literally tells you different things. And I think now at this point, there's probably more books and research on it. Mm -hmm. But it says, like, different things about your personality based off of you. It was, like, a first child, a middle child, a last child, or, like, just the general stuff or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. They always say, like, the middle child never get enough attention. The baby child get too much attention and coddling. And then the oldest child, they are, like, forced to have, like, more responsibilities and stuff like that. Especially if you're in a blood console. Because, baby. Mm, some of that still sound like... I don't know. What? It sounds like I still got some middle child in me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> With all those pets y'all had, maybe you was the middle child. Okay, first of all. <laughs> Some people treat their animals like family, like they kids. I'm not saying that as a derogatory thing. Like, Asia was a part of the family, okay? Okay, so? Enjoy. Oh. 
Y'all let Joy go a little too easy. I'm sorry for her really to be part of the family. That wasn't in my control. You I know did. I wanted Okay. Her. Well, I can't say y'all without being too specific. So, <laughs> <laughs> what you want for me? Why'd you do it, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> I think about her all the time. Yeah. But um, that's definitely, like, something really to think about and process how your family dynamics change when you are a child and then when you are an adult. Like, ooh. It's so interesting because, yeah, you definitely see things differently because now you grow, especially once you start having your own kids and you're like, and so why they couldn't do this a little better? Mm-hmm. And then you also just start knowing yourself and it just you be looking at people sideways, like how they was living their whole life just being toxic or abusive. And it's like, bruh. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's a really big change for parents when you're not just their child anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of parents don't know how to adjust to their children being adults and not being their little angel or their little whatever. I feel like it's like even a step further than them just being adults. But like once their kids start kind of coming and take personalities and stuff, Mm -hmm. that's when they're like, oh my God, I can't just like control and manipulate them the way that I want to. Oh my God, they want to do their own things. Oh my God, they have their own interests and likes and dislikes and Something about that don't be sitting right with people who they think their idea of parenting is to control them. Like, you know what I mean? Their idea of who they thought their child is supposed to be is not there. Mm -hmm. And so that changes the dynamic a lot. Like, I mean, I said this a bunch of times, but there are several people in my family I'm just not close with no more because I'm gay. And -hmm. it's like, they was my ace boom coon. And then once I came into myself and decided my sexuality, or not even decided, but like, you know. Accepted. acted upon it yeah accepted yeah. it then our relationship changed it was like now it's either you trying to preach to me about being gay and how it was wrong or you just like literally be avoided me <laughs> which is yeah. worse like what do you think you about to catch it off me or something <laughs> i don't want the gay yeah you know you say that I don't know, I don't think any of my relationships changed, but I feel like that is also not a good thing. Yeah, it's definitely not a good thing. It's like, oh, so we just aren't close, huh? (laughs) Uh. Yeah, that's the fact. It's cutting deep real soon. We just got started. Yeah, I think another thing, like, outside of your relationships with your parents, like, just be coming an adult or thinking that you're more mature than you are, like, that's a whole other thing in itself, uh-huh. too. And so, like, it's difficult to go through change and to be processing your emotions and flow into change easily when you not even, like, being present you know what I mean you're not even you don't even realize how much more you still have to learn you know that's them 20 somethings yeah and then even as you continue to age like we in our 30s now 
And I still think I'm more mature than... I wasn't always this mature, but now mm-hmm. at, at, I feel like I consider myself to be a wise person. I know everybody my age ain't there. Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know what they say? A wise man knows that he knows nothing at all. That's a fact. And it's another Erica Badu bar for you. Yeah. Do you feel like you had just a lot of change or you... How was your experience, I guess, growing into an adult? Like, man. (laughs) (laughs) Growing into an adult, change for me was. The change was more lifestyle based. I feel like that had the largest impact on. How it changed me. How being an adult changed me. Because mm-hmm. I was taking care of myself. And also other people. But like it was I didn't have the comfort that I was used to. And that already forced me to change because I had to adapt. Yeah, I had to make shit shake. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And then, you know, relationships change when you get older. They get complicated but it's still like oh, it shouldn't be this hard but it is that hard because everybody's immature. Yeah, that's the real thing. It's like we don't be knowing how to communicate at that age. Most people you know, we don't know how to resolve conflict and stuff. So when the friendship's going good, it's good. We cool. We chilling. It's vibe and everything. It'd be some of the funnest times of your life when you're that age. Yeah. But then whenever it's an issue that arises in a relationship and then you don't have the tools to resolve that issue, child, you lose a lot of friends, yeah. You know, yeah. I've been through, yeah, definitely a lot of relationships. Could have persevered if possibly we had the skills, you know, to communicate healthily. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. I feel like a lot of my relationships changed when I got into romantic relationships too. Mm-hmm. Like I experienced a lot of change in my relationships. I had stopped talking to. Well, I ain't gonna say I stopped talking, but we had an issue, mm-hmm. and we fell out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with literally one of my best friends, and then after a few years passed we got cool again but really we fell out because the changes that was happening in our relationship it really was too much you know what i'm saying yeah it's like let's just pick this back up in a little bit when we're like more (laughs) mature enough to you know handle that our relationship has changed yeah have you had a lot of career changes Career changes? No. Job changes? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had various jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, each an adjustment. The biggest change with my jobs would be when I started working at a call center. Because I had never done that before. Mm-hmm. 
And like I have been in retail, done customer service, all that stuff. But it's different. I mean, you just taking calls back to back. Yeah. That was a huge adjustment. I wasn't used to getting cussed out that much. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny that you say that. You got cussed out? Uh, Yeah, I used to get cussed out a lot. I I grew up in one of those environments where my grandma used to be like, bitch, ho. I didn't experience that. Shut the fuck up. Like, my mom was not... She was verbally abusive. So, um... I will say after it took me a whole year to be fed up with that environment of like getting cussed out every day. At first, it didn't bother me. At first, I was like, so how would you like to make that payment? (laughs) Like, (laughs) it was nothing to me, you know. After they just finished going off for 10 minutes. Okay, so is that going to be credit or debit? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, but... um, yeah, it took me a whole year, and that wore me down, you know what I'm saying? Just being in the call center environment, period. Mm-hmm. Not even just the verbal abuse, but everything in total. I was like, get me the fuck out of here as soon as possible. Yeah, it's mad stressful. Yeah. I stuck it out, though, because I was... Excuse me. That was... In my struggle years, I had to make it work. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what else to do and it was like the most I had gotten paid at the time so it was like I can't stop doing this that's how they trap you though because we be thinking call centers depend a lot of money but it really don't be a lot of money Yeah. because when you get in a job you realize the money don't be worth all of the mental and emotional stress so yeah that's a fact yeah I definitely Working at that call center was, like, the first time depression took over me. Mm -hmm. And it was like, wow, this is shitty. Can we just leave this place? Like, leave this place? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I had a mentor for the first time, too. One of my supervisors, shout out to Stephanie. No idea where she is now. But she's amazing. Shout out to her. Hope she is this. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had a lot of career changes or job changes, like you said. Um, I feel like in my heart, I always knew what I wanted to do, but there's been moments where I just had to take the job that was the most available or most convenient for me, or at the time I wasn't focused on what my goals was, whatever the reason be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like I was been doing hair since I was a kid. Like I always knew I was going to do hair. And then when I finished cosmetology school, I was like, I'm not trying to be stuck in Cleveland, though. Like, I knew based off of my current situation that doing hair wasn't going to lead me where I wanted to be. Yeah. And so I, um, my best friend convinced me to join the Navy. She was like, oh, this recruiter came to my school, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's go up there and talk to him. And I was like, okay. And then literally we just signed up. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And so that changed you know, the course of my life. Yeah. And then after I got kicked out the Navy, 
I got married a week later, so I just worked a bunch of random jobs when I was married because my man had two jobs and I had to work. Um, not all ever all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. When it was convenient me for me to quit, I was gonna do it. And um I don't have to put up with this. My man has two jobs. Literally. <laughs> Um, then when I decided I wanted to go to aesthetic school, I had already been doing makeup, but like, I really wanted to do makeup and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to aesthetic school and pretty much, I guess that's been my career, like just being in beauty since then. So, um, I've still had a lot of job changes though, since I'm becoming an esthetician and I feel like I'm a really resilient person and also I learn very quickly. I'm very adaptable. So like career changes, just they don't really do much for me. Like in terms of like my mental health and stuff, like it's not hard for me or difficult with a career change because most of the time I'm like genuinely excited to be doing something or whatever. But um, I feel like what does, what is hard with change, career change, is me knowing that deep down in my heart what I really want to be doing and getting paid to do. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. still having to like participate in jobs just to pay my bills. That's like where I'm like, yeah, this change right here mm-hmm. <laughs> is feeling nice, cute and dusty. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that cute. It looked dusty. <laughs> It's hard trying to motivate yourself when you know that you want to be doing something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the struggle. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I hate to get ultra personal, but oh. I feel like we have been through a lot of changes together in our relationship. Mm-hmm. So... How has that been navigating change in your romantic relationship? It's been a journey, you know. Um, (laughs) You know, we all came out to play. You know, we had practice prior to the big What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I was given my press conference. Response. Is that like pleading the fifth? No, it's just saying things in a different way. We want to hear how you feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's still been a journey. I feel like with every change that we have had so far... It has forced me to think about who I am. It's forced me to change in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, the biggest change, moving here. Mm-hmm. It really... I've had to really look deep down inside (laughs) and think about who I am, what I want, why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, Mm -hmm. 
If I miss things, what do I miss? Why do I miss it? You know, what is it? Um, it's really made me just think about what I want out of life. And it's like, yeah, I want this. <laughs> you know? I'm glad you came to that conclusion because that didn't sound like that's what you was about to say. I was low-key nervous. My bad. <laughs> you know I'm all about the theater. Yeah. I need to <laughs> be realizing that like, while well, I'll be making myself anxious. Um, how do I feel about changing our relationship? I feel like that we individually have grown a lot while we have been together and I think that so that has created a lot of adjustments in our relationship but also for the better I feel like all the changes that we have encountered has made us like stronger together too like may has have a deeper connection with each other as well and just like seeing multiple versions of each other too you know what I mean like mm -hmm. Who I was in Virginia is not who I am in Illinois. Sadly. I miss her. But um, I'm learning yeah. to have acceptance for what is now. And also appreciation. Yeah. What is making you a different person? Like, why are you... Life is different. Everything is different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything is totally different. So, I'm different. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, but I do think that for the most part, we handle change pretty well. Like, we just move along with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we might have one day individually each where it's like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Like, yeah, I'm like freaking out. Oh my god! And then after that, it'd be like, all right, pep talk. Next thing you know, okay, we can get through this, and then we do. And even some stuff ain't even that big or dramatic. It's just like you know, a minor change or like you know, now we gotta have this schedule or that schedule or something. It's just like, um. I want to be with Cherry, so I'm going to make whatever change that is necessary in life or personally with myself to be with her. And I feel like that's just how relationship changes is. So. Yeah. But if that's not your person, if you don't really want to be with them, then it's going to seem like, why do I have to make these changes? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like... <clears throat> If it's not, either if it's not where you want to be or if it's not where you meant to be, there's just going to be way too much doubt in every mm -hmm. decision and every change that you make. Because, like, some doubt is normal because that's just, I mean, yeah, that's just normal. But if you, like, every single thing is, like, weighing you down... Like, you might want to reconsider yeah, it's like being in this. Your body's literally telling you that you are not okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you got to listen. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. Yeah. 
Yeah. You have to be in tune and listening to yourself because, like, it's like the same thing Are you what you just said about being stuck or refusing to, refusing move. to move. And it's like sometimes we be having so much fear that it debilitates us. Mm-hmm. And we might think that we're doing something, but really we're not doing enough to keep the change going, like to grow. So, yeah. yeah. Per. Period. Well, if you like, we can move into mental health matters. Mental health matters. Yeah. So I feel like mental health and navigating change is like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like really important to have balance, to know how to ground yourself and what you need to be grounded. Mm-hmm. And when you find yourself in situations where you don't have any control, you know what I'm saying? Or when, you know, change is happening so fast and even if you have control to change things, it's not that you want to, it's just, you know, a matter of, Finding stability in that new version of yourself or the new job or the new relationship or whatever you're doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? How do you, you know, keep your mental health healthy? Um, one thing I do, especially if I feel like this is, it's a change that I've never had to deal with before. I might go to YouTube and like, it's probably specific people I go to, but like, (laughs) has somebody else gone through this already? Mm -hmm. Like, where can I get some assistance or some motivation or inspiration on how to actually deal with the change? Yeah. Yeah. That works out. Sometimes I go back to some shows. It's like Yeah. They did with they dealt with that on the show. Sometimes acceptance can be hard. Especially if it's like if there's a change that you know needs to happen, but it's like You feel good where you are right now or you're just comfortable where you are. Mm. So you just kind of like what you said earlier, you kind of just postpone it or do everything but that change because it's like, well, I don't have to do that. I can do this instead or, you know, yeah. Didn't ever really work out that way. <laughs> you have to actually accept what's happening and where you are. It's just not always easy. Yeah, that's so true. It's much easier to like avoid it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. That's bit. That's sometimes my seeds. I feel like it low key works for me. Not like. Always in the most positive way, but um, eventually mm-hmm. it works out positively. But the lesson being 
it wouldn't have to been this hard if you just would have did what you had to do. Like, yeah. Which most of the time we'd be knowing what we got to do, but maybe we procrastinating. Maybe there's like fear behind it. Mm-hmm. Maybe like Cherry said, you comfortable, but like one thing the universe going to do is put you in a situation that you're uncomfortable in to, until you have no choice but to do something different. Like, yeah. And we all been somewhere like whether it's in a job, in a relationship, it don't matter. Soon as you fed up, you like, I cannot stay here another day. And it literally will keep getting yeah. worse and worse and worse unless you like decide to change. And it's just going to stay on your mind until you make the change. Mm-hmm. That's what's crazy about it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you would like to prevent or minimize stress, definitely instead of avoiding um, your problems, avoiding changing, avoiding having acceptance, just go ahead and just be at peace with where you are right now. Leave that nigga psych. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's my motto. Um, yeah. So, this week for Realidian, we wanted to discuss the show Bel Air. <clears throat> it changes on every episode of that show. <laughs> they really bring the drams, and that's what keeps me coming back. Yeah, I'm not. I'm almost about to say I'm not sure what keeps me coming back, but I do like the show. I wish it was a more comedic relief because it is like pretty serious. That's the point, though. They wanted to give us drama. I know, but I need a little bit of funny, like, because if not, I'm going to start roasting people. Like, give me some something <laughs> actually funny to laugh at. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I do, because I be roasting them niggas. Because you, do. you say this every week, but, like, why do Will wear his hat like that? I think the hat is the comedic relief. He's like Ray J with his shit moving all over the place. That shit is funny as hell. I'm going to watch it after this just to brighten my life up. It's like, just that's like, not, that's crazy. Nobody wears their hat like that at all. It's like that one piece of like Will Smith that they keeping in the show. But it's like, you didn't need to keep the hat. Yeah, no, that shit's mad annoying. And it's like, it's worse because it it's like it's supposed to add to him being from Philly and being like mm. from the streets. But the streets don't wear their hat like that. Girl. Nobody wears it like that. It's he a snapback. look like he about to lean with it, rock with it. Like him and Fabo <laughs> is the only one doing that to them hats. I hate it. Shit be he be on his TI, but it be sitting on top of his hair. That shit. See, I did used to wear his hat like that back when he was the rubber band man, John. That's funny. Put your hat on right, man. <laughs> what do you like about Bel Air? What do you how do you feel like it showcases change? Um I think the best thing that they do to show change is changes in relationships like the relationship between Will and Carlton Mm. it keeps it's like they keep going back and forth with 
It's really Carlton that keeps going back and forth because he got his own issues. Yeah. He's extremely and just insecure. Be spilling out. He be projecting everything on Will. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Will is just trying to make it. I would actually go on a limb and say that Will might be the best communicator on the show. Mm-hmm. He's extremely good at communicating. Like, when he have an issue, he go talk to somebody about it. He don't, like, you know, wait or let it, like, build up or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like in last season, they was really trying to show that he had, like, anger issues. But they kind of piped down on that on the second season. Yeah. Which, because it was extremely annoying and also unnecessary. Like, it was no reason for him to be... So upset. Because he's from the streets. He's had to deal with a lot, you know? I feel like there was other ways they could have portrayed that without him just being um, aggressively angry. But that's what they do to black men. So I think that they was more ca- trying to showcase how black women are. I mean, black men are portrayed or whatever. Like, Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I agree. I feel like right now in season two, there's a lot of changes within the relationships. Um, Like, especially with, uh, what's her name? Aviv? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't talking about Aviv, but like Aviv too, because she having changes with her career. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a huge thing. And her just navigating... Like, she's been in this career for a long time, but now she's adjusting that she came back into it, like, at a different age. Mm-hmm. And, like, understanding technology and stuff that didn't exist before. Like, yeah. being able to connect with an audience. Like, it's really dope to see. And it's actually really dope to see her relationship change, too, with, um... Who's Coco playing? The daughter? Um... Hillary. Yeah, Hillary. I couldn't think of her name and I just kept seeing light skin Hillary, but I like couldn't think of her name. Um, like how the first season their relationship was more like it was a battle between them because they neither one of them was trying to understand each other. Mm-hmm. Where in this season I feel like now they like have more empathy for one another because certain things played out where they was like, Oh, I see like why they this way or that way and stuff. So now they like communicate way better and just like understanding and supporting each other, yeah. which is really cool to see because it's not, it's kind of rare in a, in a, I feel like black household. If you probably had a toxic relationship with your mama growing up, like it's probably always going to be toxic because unfortunately people of a certain generation are not as willing to change or heal really. Or apologize. Yeah, or apologize <laughs> or be wrong, period. So, yeah, um, that's refreshing to see, especially a black representation of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why are you looking at me like that? How am I looking? I don't know, like, I know how you're looking, but I just can't say it. <laughs> say it, we can take it out. No, um, we'll talk about it later. Nothing. Stop saying uh oh. You say uh oh to everything. Are you okay? Your toes are curling up. I'm, I'm nervous. Girl, relax. Got my nerves all rattled. <laughs> Her toes are like this. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> it was giving the way Susie. <laughs> We 
watched Shout Out to Glee. We haven't watched Glee in forever. That's crazy. Every time I put it on, they start singing. I need a scene first, like a regular scene before they start singing. You are funny. Was there anything else that you like wanted to, I guess, discuss just about Bel Air and just changes? Hillary and um, Jazz. Oh, yeah. Their relationship changes. The whole starting off, first of all, I'm not ready for this relationship, so we're going to hide it. But then when you start talking to somebody else, I'm not into it. So let's make it official. I feel like you and I have way different perspectives of how that played out. Like we do. Because when we discussed it, you was more like, not to say that we got to take sides or anything, but I felt more like the way that Hillary was responding was appropriate. And you felt like the way Jess was responding was appropriate. But I felt like, all right, just know this about to be a spoiler. <laughs> Basically, she was working with this girl, mm-hmm. and once the girl met Jazz, she started trying to push up on him. Mm-hmm. And because Hillary wasn't claiming him on Instagram or otherwise, but they was together. Well, they wasn't together yet. We they was together. dating, and they was were they dating having sex? Okay, okay, <laughs> so. Yeah, all right. They had an intimate relationship, okay? They mm-hmm. was basically cuddle buddies. That's what I like to call it. It's like a step up from friends with benefits. It's like when it could go somewhere, but mm-hmm. is it going to go somewhere? Friends with benefits is like sex only. It'll never go nowhere. But cuddle buddies is more like it could, <laughs> you know? He was into her. He was trying to get on. She knew it, but she was like, nah, we ain't doing that. That's not what happened, though. That's not what happened. They both was liking each other, but she was not. She It's not that she wasn't ready to be in a relationship. She didn't want to be in a relationship because she had a lot going on, and she was trying to focus on her career because she was trying to blow up her social media and grow her platform, and she felt like a relationship was a distraction to that. You and think that's why? Yes. That's, uh-huh. I think she said that, though. Like, she was saying that, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to focus on work and all this and stuff. And she was trying to get into the house and all that extra stuff. So it was like she had a lot of stuff going on. She ain't had no business talking to no man, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's like, let me worry about this business. And she had just got kicked out. All kinds <laughs> of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, the last thing on her mind should have been a nigga, but... You know how we be. We always got room for a little bit of dick on our plate. <laughs> Just a little bit. And so um, I felt like he was playing games because he could have communicated to um, the girl that Karuche was playing that he was not interested in her without telling him that he was fucking Hillary. Like, I felt like that was really manipulative for him to kind of lead on the other girl that she even had kissed him and i think he was down for it though i don't think he was but he to me he was using the situation to be like okay hillary if you don't want me then this girl will but he really didn't want the other girl neither he was using it to be like either get with me or i'm gonna get with her and i feel like that's low-key ultimatum ish and it's not healthy Mm -hmm. like because at the end of the day she wasn't about to be your girl and that's why their relationship didn't work out because they didn't even start the relationship strong in the first place with her mm-hmm. for sure knowing that she wanted to be with him just because she wanted to be with him. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Like, I, you don't think he was manipulating a little? 
I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, because he knew their relationship as well. That was, he was low-key just being messy. But at the same time, I don't know. I understand him just being like, all right, well, I'm going to just, you know what I'm saying, be where the pussy at. I don't know. This is what I don't like Jazz. I feel like he's an insecure ass nigga. And he's cool, he's funny, he's cute. But at the end of the day, it's not fun to be with an insecure partner. It's mm-hmm. literally not. And it's the biggest chore in the world when your job is to be popular. At least if that's what you want your job to be. Mm-hmm. And an insecure ass nigga do not want a popular bitch. She want a bitch just sitting at home. Scrolling social media, watching other people live their lives outside, like, and that was his problem. He ain't never like Hillary the way she was. I think that he liked Hillary, he wanted Hillary, but he wanted her on, on his terms of what his preference for a relationship to be like. And I think that she wasn't willing to change, and she definitely shouldn't have either. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's other guys always willing to meet you or other people because you know like we don't date men <laughs> we're just speculating all right now but like yeah there's always other people that you could be more compatible with and then you'd be too busy arguing with the same nigga for the last year like y'all not happy together break the fuck up yeah just be single and do you you don't have to be with somebody bro especially if you just like i don't know I've been in position in our relationship where I needed to make some necessary changes. And for a minute, it felt like you was trying to change me. Like, girl. But then I realized that's not who I really was. But (laughs) it's different if that is who you are and the person is asking you to change it. It's not, oh, no, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm like this. It's like, literally, I enjoy doing this type of stuff. But that's not, they don't like people who do that stuff like yeah. and they not gonna come out and say it because maybe they don't realize it like I've I've talked to people before I used to talk to this one dude and like y'all know I love me some whole clothes so mm. I was just fresh um left my ex I was like whole clothing it up Instagram pictures everywhere <laughs> and um before we started talking he was liking all my pics you know he was in my comments and then after I had started talking to him, it had been like a month or so, but then he was like, you know, if you was my girl, oh my God, if I was your girl, what? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like the clothes that you be wearing, like, so you like that stuff, but not for your girlfriend. And that's the problem is that I'm not your girlfriend, first of all, baby. <laughs> and I ain't never gonna be your girlfriend Cause I don't wanna be with no insecure ass nigga Who like bitches like that But don't like it to be they girl Yeah That's weird as fuck It's reminding me of the Girls with BBLs Conversation we had mm-hmm. How they into it But they not really into it Yeah Or like basically they can't really handle what comes with mm-hmm. being with that type of girl. They attracted to it, but they don't understand actual, like, the maturity and the growth that it takes to be with somebody who attract a lot of other people, like. Yeah. And to me, that that's him. 
Like he was so insecure from the beginning all the way to the to this episode right now. And I feel like um that's how you lose a relationship being so insecure because yeah. it gets annoying. Like babysitting somebody else's feelings all the time when you literally just trying to live your life is like, you know what? I'm gonna have to call it. Yeah. I'm proud of her for the way that she handled it though. It yeah. was like, yeah. It was very mature. Because I feel like she dropped with him, though. She did. He was just... Yeah, he was too insecure, and he didn't know how to communicate mm-hmm. what he was feeling at the same time. You know, there is a couple of changes I would like to discuss while we're here, though. What? I'm going to make it quick. I won't stay here long. <laughs> But y'all know how everybody was blue because, like, in the old Fresh Prince, like, not Bel Air, but Fresh Prince, mm-hmm. um, they swapped out Aunt Viv or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, they kind of do that in a lot of stuff. It might not be a blatant swap like an Aunt Viv or even, like, um, My Wife and Kids when they swapped out uh, Claire. Mm-hmm. That was another doozy. Like, you just pick, pull up one day and it's a whole light skin Claire. Like. Where's the other Claire? But, um, you know, it was at one point, Will was dating, um, what's her name? I don't remember her name. The swimmer girl. The name Francesca's coming to mind. Her name ain't no fucking Francesca. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, he was, he was dating the one girl. And then I feel like he, all right, he didn't know that her and his cousin had a thing, I guess. But I feel like he really only wanted her and was sweating her real bad because Carlton wanted her. As soon as he needed to, before he knew. well, soon as he needed to step up and really be her man, he was acting like life started getting too challenging for him. Mm-hmm. And you think, okay, the practical thing for him to be with to just start being single, but mm-hmm. then he turned around and started messing with the Bronx villain. I, I don't want to say too much and sound crazy, but she's racially ambiguous. She be wearing hoop earrings. She be rolling her neck, wearing French braids and stuff. And it's like, so they swapped out the girl who for sure we know is black. Okay. Let's Mm -hmm. just put it that way. And is a nice girl. (laughs) And is actually a nice girl. Literally their families know each other and stuff like that. Yeah. And for the light skin, racially ambiguous girl that's putting on like a black girl. Then that better. change, I'm still not over it. Because every time this girl come on camera, I be mad. She do be overdoing everything. It's like, are they doing this on purpose? Like, like are they trying to bring attention to it? Yeah, like, are they trying to make it seem like she's just this... I don't even understand because you know how like they named the characters after characters that actually was in the Fresh Prince. And so mm-hmm. the timelines don't even match up for real anyways with the girls that Will is dating. Because the first girl, he didn't meet her until way later. Lisa, mm-hmm. that's like, I think who he ended up like marrying or being with. Mm-hmm. She was played by, um, what's her name from Friday? 
I feel bad for say, even saying this right now. She played the girl with the short hair and like she was Ice Cube's love interest. Nia Long. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so like that's who she was. She was Nia Long in the show. And then the girl who he's dating now, she's on the episodes that we've been watching lately, which is Tyra Banks. And that was when he started going to college at the beginning. He was like in his freshman year. So he technically, well, he had knew that girl from Philly, first of all, in the first show. And so she was like more urban and stuff like that, you know, but she was black. Mm -hmm. She was Tyra Banks. Mm -hmm. And then he ended up meeting Nia Long, but it was like, you know, years later that he had met her. But in this show, the girl who was named after Nia Long character is the girl that he just had met first at the beginning of the show and then mm -hmm. later on now he dating this other girl i feel like they're gonna play it out so they go do back end to up together i don't like that messing around but i think he gonna mess it up again he just play games with her and that's like real cool but when it comes to that he'd be pissing yeah. me off he a good communicator until it come to women <laughs> yeah the other change that was really interesting was the change between um, Uncle Phil and Jeffrey. Oh, yeah. Because they was, like, mad tight, and then they had the issue after he, like, exposed Will to everything, and then he felt betrayed, so their relationship had changed. Mm -hmm. And now they're trying to get both on good terms, but at the same time, they both don't trust each other. It's so weird. their relationship has totally changed as well. Yeah. Check out that show. It's good. It's on it Peacock. Um, so what are you making time for this week? Um, what am I making time for this week? I'm making time for... I'm making time for changes. But, like, good changes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not that I can choose, but... <laughs> <laughs> Girl, um, what am I making time for this week? Girl, I don't know. I feel like I need to plead the fifth this week. Just set it out. Plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to make time to fix my Sims game that I still ain't been able to play. It's I been think you should make time for that. That's going to make you happy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm making time for that, then. <laughs> well... Without further ado, I've, I've got, got time. time.